Do you teach classroom music and private instrumental lessons using the Kodai approach? Even though I teach both using Kodai, there are four fundamental differences in how I approach the two settings. Stick around for my top four differences and the pros and cons of each. I don't know about you, but as a Kodai music teacher, I actually teach in a lot of different settings. I teach classroom music using my very own Kodai-based Doremi Teach Music curriculum. And I also teach private piano lessons, again, using my Kodai-based Doremi Teach Piano curriculum. In fact, it's more than just that. I also teach adult musicianship and, of course, deliver teacher training and coaching to my Doremi members. And despite each setting using the same approach, the singing-based Kodai approach to music education, they can actually look quite different in some areas. In this podcast episode, I share my four top differences. There are more than four, to be honest, but I'll have to schedule a follow-up podcast for the others or we're going to be here all day. So here are my top four. Difference number one, pitch awareness. The development of true pitch awareness takes time. With older students, they may already be able to identify high and low with a large range and only really needing effort for smaller intervals. However, with young children, we really need to spend a significant amount of preparation time performing actions that follow the melodic contour or the shape of the melody. In the classroom, we're mostly using voices, although we can use some recorded excerpts of art music. So not only are they listening to the high and low sounds, they're also performing them too, albeit with a smaller range. In my piano lessons, we do the same. Lots of singing, lots of moving. However, in a piano lesson, we also have this marvellous instrument in front of us. We can play notes that extend much higher and lower than our voices and the vast majority of recordings too. And when I say we, I mean they. They can press the keys themselves and experience the different pitches. And that's a really powerful thing. It means they don't need to recognise the pitches in order to perform them and identify them. But the problem is... They don't need to recognise the pitches in order to perform them and identify them. So it's a double-edged sword, really. Once they learn which end of the piano has the low notes and which has the high notes, they can fake a musical understanding, which is not good. But does their musical understanding develop from there? Maybe. After all, once they go home and practice, they get much more exposure. And of course, that's assuming that remembering which end is high and which end is low is simpler than hearing the high and low sounds. And actually, I think it's a mix. In Dairemi Piano Sing and Play, we start playing on high and low black keys as skip apart, which of course is also so and me. I have students who play each of the black keys first to hear which one is highest before starting to play their piece. I even have some who tap the highest note and the lowest note on the piano to remind themselves which is higher and which is lower before applying that direction to their pair of black keys. So some are using their ears and some certainly are using their memories. But with time, they develop both, but just at their own pace. So not better or worse, just different. Difference number two is practice. We all know piano students practice, right? Every day? Okay, right, I'm going to fall off my chair laughing. But okay, let's assume they do. So how many of your classroom music students practice between lessons? It's rare for a primary school to set homework for music. Although when the songs and games are so engaging, I know the children love playing and singing them in the playground or absentmindedly in the car or when drawing or when walking. So maybe they do practice. But having said that, in Do Re Mi piano lessons, we also play games and sing engaging songs. So even when my students don't sit down to practice at the piano, they often make progress. 
The nature of the lesson structure lends itself to mental practice even away from the piano. And that's one of the reasons behind the next difference, which is difference number three, speed. No, not the speed they can perform at, but the speed that they can master new skills. We can work through the Could I roadmap much faster in a piano lesson than in the classroom. And one reason for this, of course, is the fact that they practice. But it's also the one-to-one environment. We're in a unique and privileged position to tailor not only each lesson to the needs of our student, but also each moment of the lesson. We can improvise a change in direction or a new activity to perfectly help that individual master the knowledge and skills. But wait a minute, there are advantages to classroom settings too. When a student isn't sure of something, they can hide in the throng. Is this a good thing? It doesn't sound like it, but hear me out. If they're engaged and listening, they can take advantage of being surrounded by more confident students and edge towards understanding and confidence themselves. Not quite sure of the rules of a game? Follow everyone else until you get the hang of it. Can't think of an action to improvise? If the teacher is careful, they'll pick on the confident students first, so the less confident get a few demonstrations before it's their turn. But still, most students make faster progress when they're in a one-to-one setting. But beware, make sure the progress isn't just theoretical. They might be able to give the correct answers, but when it comes to developing musicianship skills, repetition is the key. Don't rush at the expense of careful preparation and effective practice. Just because a student understands the solfa and can play it on the piano doesn't mean they've developed the musicianship that we desire. Make sure you take the time to repeat, reinvent, experience in new settings and of course to sight read, dictate and create to make sure that they're developing those musicianship skills. Difference number four, notation. In the classroom, assuming we're starting with four to six year olds, I won't introduce stave notation for at least a year. We'll be too busy getting those essential musical must-haves in place. And if you want to know what my four essential musical must-haves are, then you need to go to doremiconnect.co.uk forward slash four. That's F-O-U-R, not the number four. And grab my free download. However, in piano lessons, as I said before, things move much faster. I want to send them home with something to practice. And in order to do that, I need something to remind them of what to play. The first proper piece they learn is Black Crow and they create their own notation using Crow icon cards, showing the high and low shape of the melody. Of course, with the advantages of digital homework notes, we can share a photo of their notation with their parents, something I now couldn't live without and that's why there's a course inside Diremi membership on how to do that. So if you're a Diremi member, go and find the contactless lesson notes course and it will change your life, I promise you. Anyway, that's beside the point. The point is... Soon after, we'll be using a two-line, three-line and five-line clefless stave to notate the melody. So our students can start developing their reading skills alongside their oral and performance skills. And it works as a prompt when they're at home, just like more advanced sheet music. Again, though, just as with the pitch awareness and the speed, it can be a double-edged sword. So when we work at a faster pace in one-to-one lessons, we have to be extra vigilant. Students can seem to understand, but in fact their oral deficiencies are masked by their intelligence. So lots and lots of singing is needed. Lots of singing, lots of listening, lots of other oral activities in as many different contexts as possible. Not only will this develop their oral skills, it'll also highlight the areas that you need to focus on. So just to recap, we've got difference number one, pitch awareness. Difference number two, practice. Difference number three, speed. 
and difference number four, notation. Remember I said differences, not better or worse. They're not advantages or disadvantages because each of those differences comes with pros and cons on both sides from classroom music teaching and instrumental teaching. So if you found this useful, then give me a shout. You can send me an email on helen at doremiconnect.co.uk or reach out on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and I would love to hear from you. If you're a DoRemi member, make sure you get down to our private community online forum and find the discussion of the week and let's have a chat about it. If you want more help and support in teaching music or piano using the Could I Approach, then why not become a DoRemi member? It's where I keep all the best stuff, run live coaching on Zoom and also hang out in our members community group. Get all the info at doremiconnect.co.uk.